0: start with the quote today it is health that is the real wealth and not pieces of gold and silver and that's Mahatma Gandhi and uh, that is so true right so So many years later Steve Jobs said the same thing and he he was the you know CEO of Apple so you realize that I think as you get older uh, young you think you can get by with anything but that's why we have you here to understand diabetes and preventing and reversing diabetes uh, for everyone who doesn't know Richika Bell, she's a National Board Certified Health Coach, um, and she is also an essential oil educator, a nu- nutritional therapist, and detox th- uh, specialist. It is her mission to simplify getting healthy and staying healthy. And I, I um, give her kudos because I'm one of her clients, and I love her. She really does keep you on
1: track. So thank you, Lela. Um, thank you so much. I'm actually very passionate about doing what I do, um, you know, we feel that getting healthy, staying healthy is super complicated. We somehow make it very complicated, mm-hmm. but it's the daily little things that we do. Um, and it can be very simple. And I'm hoping that's what you are listening for, most right. everyone who's joined us. Um, if diabetes is a topic that is of interest to you, if you know somebody, if you have a family history, a genetic mm-hmm. predisposition to a disease name like that, um, I'm hoping here you are here not multitasking <laughs> and taking notes. So just turn off the distractions, uh, because I really intend giving some simple, actionable, practical steps at the end of today. Yeah, so. that's
0: what we all need, something we can do in everyday life, right? Yeah. So why is diabetes a big deal? Is it truly as concerning as it is made out to be?
1: So it's interesting we talk about diabetes today. You know the official name for type 2 diabetes, Some we are really referring to type 2 diabetes, there are different yeah. types of diabetes, so we are referring to type 2 diabetes, which is more like a lifestyle created disorder. Um, It's interesting we talk about it today because the official name for type 2 diabetes is diabetes mellitus and mellitus is a Latin word that translates into sweet oh so on the eve of halloween where the candy kickoff <laughs> happens it's yes. interesting we talk about that um but uh, it's
0: also the beginning of it is the beginning of
1: the holiday season, season. season so that's yeah. why i say right yeah. like halloween starts and then there's one celebration one festivity after another yeah. and it doesn't end mm-hmm. and then suddenly you wake up in the new year and you kind of go like where did last year go yes, um so yeah it is a big deal for a couple of reasons number one it is becoming an epidemic back in about 2001 it it was about 3% Mm -hmm. people were diagnosed with diabetes. Today we are pre-diabetes, we are at a 45% today. So that number is just increasing. So you're really like looking at very high numbers. Um, And the sad part is that diabetes, before the diagnosis, there's about 10, 15 years before that changes start happening. So it starts with insulin resistance, pre-diabetes, before full-blown diabetes gets diagnosed. So you literally have a heads up, which is a good thing, but you have to respond to it. Um, The second reason why diabetes is truly a big deal is number one, that it it impacts every part of your body. We think of it as a blood sugar issue, but when the blood sugar when the sugar saturates your blood, your blood's not able to f- flow yeah. there's circulatory issues, your eyes get damaged, the kidney issues, heart yeah. issues, everything in the body gets impacted because our blood vessels are designed to carry a certain viscosity of the blood okay if you dissolve sugar into anything if you make it like honey like texture the viscosity changes right Right. it doesn't flow through the blood vessels as efficiently so people have hypertension Um, to start with people have arterial issues cardiovascular risk increases stroke Mm -hmm. all of that so it really impacts every organ in the body that's another reason and The third reason, which I think I'll give it as an analogy, is that a stable blood sugar keeps you healthier inside out. And I'm not talking about how you look physically. I'm not really talking. I'm really talking about cellular aging. So let me give you an analogy. You know, we have cars driving on the road. If you were to quickly accelerate and then press hard on the brake and you kept doing that, it ages the car machinery, right? The engines will the brake systems, everything will start deteriorating. And the same thing happens in our bodies. When we have this sugar that goes up and comes down quickly, the spikes and dips start aging the body very quickly. So the more sugar spikes and dips you have during a day, Mm -hmm. um, so this is for everyone, because if we can keep our blood sugar stable through the day, um, whether you're diagnosed with a disease, whether you feel you have a predisposition to it or not, uh, you can really prevent premature aging.
0: Oh, wow. I'm sure that interests a lot of yeah.
1: people. Yeah, and I, I don't talk of premature aging from a, from look. an aesthetic yeah, perspective, but, but really from an organ, organ. You know, just feeling vital every morning. To your point, right? Health is your biggest wealth. Just feeling vital every morning. Not waking up with that post-nasal drip or not waking up feeling stiff Lethargic, in your joint. You know, because
0: sometimes you feel like you've slept 10 mm-hmm. hours, but mm-hmm. you still, not, still awake. not awake. You've yeah. not gotten your totally. rest. Totally, so, totally. Yes, yep. absolutely. So. And I love the analogy you just It's easy to understand. Um, You mentioned insulin resistance, and that's how diabetes begins. Can you elaborate a bit? uh, What are the symptoms of insulin resistance?
1: So yeah, I would really like everyone to understand that insulin resistance is really the first step when you are getting on the path of type 2 diabetes so which is a good thing and a bad thing it's a good thing because it gives you a good heads up and if you're able to respond in time you can totally prevent and reverse oh. from that disease from happening okay. so again i think i explained the best in analogy so let me explain this in an analogy when we eat something uh, that gets broken down into sugar mm-hmm. and that gets into the blood then the body triggers we get a trigger from our pancreas to release insulin which will carry this glucose or sugar into the cells to convert it into energy
0: okay.
1: that is the process of how we eat and how it gets into our cells. very yeah. simplistically but yeah. now what happens is if you're constantly eating or if you're eating foods with a high glycemic load or a lot of processed foods a lot of sugars and i don't just mean simple sugars i just don't yeah. mean candies you have this constant demand on the pancreas to keep releasing the insulin, to carry this energy into the cells. Mm -hmm. Our need for energy consumption is not that high, right? You know, consuming it. So eventually the cells become saturated and they are no longer willing to open up to this insulin to bring in this energy. So of course it triggers the liver to store some as fat and the muscles to store it as energy, but eventually, Because the demand of energy is not so high, we do lead sedentary lifestyles, uh, we are not physically active so much, and our consumption is too much, um, the body becomes resistant. So uh, insulin resistance is the official name, but it's like, imagine if you have an empty suitcase and you're putting in some clothes, you can fit it in. Mm -hmm. The same thing, your insulin can bring in, when your cells are empty, the glucose, the sugars into the cells. But when the suitcase is super full, those last two T-shirts don't fill Mm -hmm. either, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You have to literally jam it down. And and same thing starts happening to the cells. It can no longer Mm -hmm. hold on or consume that sugar. So uh, that stage is called insulin resistance, Mm -hmm. but that's when kind of there is presence of higher blood glucose in your – the sugars in your blood. And again – blood glucose levels, when they're elevated, they are toxic to the body, they create inflammation, Mm -hmm. they create inflammaging, so Mm -hmm. inflammation along with aging of the cells, because circulation's not happening as it's designed to. So yeah, that's when it all starts kind of going downhill. Uh Uh, The second stage is pre-diabetes, which is sometimes diagnosable, which is your uh, morning blood sugar, fasting blood sugars will measure over 100, Mm -hmm. that is already being pre-diabetic. Your hemoglobin A1C will start kind of creeping up slowly. So Mm -hmm. that's when it's before there's a full-blown diagnosis of diabetes. Um, And I think it's important to kind of understand these stages because it gives you the opportunity to your point to prevent it. Yes,
0: yes, because sometimes you read these numbers and then the doctor is like, oh, you're borderline. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I'm not there yet. I'm not over the hill, so I can do what I want. Totally, totally. Yeah, but that's when you start taking control of things, right? Yeah.
1: Um, Would you like me to share some Signs that people can see that they could potentially have insulin resistance are super common signs. Mm -hmm. So of course you have higher than normal blood sugar levels so you're kind of measuring over 100. Um, Your triglycerides start getting higher, about over 150. Um, LDL cholesterol starts rising. For males, the waistline is larger than 40 inches. And for females, it's larger than 35 inches. Another common symptom or sign is that there's darkening of the skin in certain areas, especially behind the neck, in the folds. The skin starts kind of getting tougher and starts becoming darker, or there's presence of a lot of skin tags. These are very subtle signs. We don't think of them as signs of insulin resistance, but yeah. that's kind of where it's all oh, wow. showing up from. Yeah. So it's, it's it's important to kind of take a look at your body and just, you know, uh, Take every symptom, every change as a gift and acknowledge it, and see. Question: yeah. why, why is it happening?
0: Yeah, and uh, like take it as a wake-up call. Right? Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Um, so, is type two diabetes reversible and preventable?
1: Yes, I mean absolutely. It is totally totally preventable um, it's really a lifestyle disorder we often think of it as uh, you know as this um, sad diagnosis like a one-way yeah. street there's yeah. no way and genetic,
0: com- right? Sometimes. yeah there is a
1: genetic composition and I'll talk about that in a minute uh, but the thing is that with type 2 diabetes they're just so much because there's it's a slow progression you have so many different moments when you can do something about it. Okay. Just changing your diet, how you manage stress, what you eat, when you eat, can all really help with preventing the disease. Okay. Um, it's not a life sentence. And the same thing with the reversing as well. Now reversing always is hard, it takes more yeah. commitment. Mm-hmm. That's always true, but we have to also remember the time that it takes you to get to that point Potentially, it'll take at least half that time to get back. People think that reversal should be this overnight magic pill, and it never is. Mm. It is a lifestyle overall, because if a certain lifestyle or certain way of eating or certain way of leading your everyday life has created disease in your body, Mm. you will need to change it. Yeah. And you,
0: but I know you can do it because I've done it. Totally, Uh, and I am a total bread person. Like my mom would make fun of me and say, would say you need to get married to a baker (laughs) because I love bread and cookies and. I had to give it up this May and I've actually been off it. Knock so wood. knock on wood, you know, and it, it was hard, but like you said, if you put your it's and it is true, it's when you true. put your mind to something and you make up your mind that you're not gonna do it and you know that it's it's not helping your body, what yeah. do you want, right? Yeah. So you can do it. Yeah, so. and I
1: always give this, again, I'm a, an analogy person, you know, if you're going on 59 and every day you get stuck in traffic, you have to change something. Either you change the time that you travel Maybe you take another route. Maybe you take the feeder. But if every day you're getting stuck in traffic Mm -hmm. and complaining about it, (laughs) <laughs> something yes. has to change yes. something has to change like you had
0: put the quote on uh, instagram right mm-hmm. if things are not changing something not, yeah, something I'm has not. to change for something to yes, change you right Keep doing the same things and accept expect, expect different results so absolutely see, I'm, 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 you're there yeah, I'm you're
1: there you. <laughs> you are there so yeah it is it is preventable and reversible there are many things that you can do about it but i think um i would love to share three to four different health markers that I think everyone can keep track of. Uh, The number one is your hemoglobin A1C, which is your average of three months blood glucose levels. I think just kind of measure it. Ideally, keep it under 5.2. Mm-hmm. I know I'm going to get a lot of uh, <laughs> grief for saying that, but, um, but truly try and keep it under 5.2. Uh, then also have your fasting insulin levels measured. You want them to be in single digits between 2 and 5. Oh. This is a lab marker that's not often checked, but it can give you a heads up so many years ahead of time. Oh, yeah. um, then, of course, is your regular fasting glucose, which is your overnight marker that people may often do it at home with their prick test uh, measure your triglycerides and your triglycerides to HDL ratio mm-hmm. um, These are some preventive markers that can give you a good heads up of which direction your life 's moving yeah. in so you can so you can change something yes. it 's treated like your GPS right yeah. like when you get a heads up there 's traffic you don 't decide yeah. to take the same road that right. day so Absolutely.
0: So is, is it a fact that it's caused by too much sugar?
1: I wish I could simply answer yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would just make it easy. It is. Um, the answer is yes, but there's another part to it. And I think that another part more and more people and more and more practitioners are realizing as we're kind of progressing. I did a personal experiment that I'll share with you in a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, the answer is higher glycemic index foods, foods that Get processed into sugar very quickly into the body, do raise your blood glucose levels. And by that, you know, we went through the whole dynamic how um, the insulin has to be produced by the pancreas and that insulin yes. draws the yeah. glucose, the sugars into the cells. So, yes, the answer is yes. But there's another way that our blood glucose increases. And that's this is something uh, that we often don't think about. And I'll share a personal experiment that I did uh, that is stress. Mm. And I'm not talking about the big stressors in our lives. I'm talking about being stuck in traffic, somebody cutting you in traffic, running late for a meeting, getting late for your kids' pickup, uh, running late for a random social event. Mm-hmm. These little things that stress us, that mm. stress us. It could also be physical stressors sometimes. It could also be uh, chemical stressors in terms of uh, terms of toxins but every time we are stressed our body gets into what's called a fight or flight response and a part of that the survival mechanism is to demand more energy from the body
0: okay
1: when the body when we are in a fight or flight response state the body demands more energy now this energy was the extra energy was stored in your muscles and your liver so the body starts releasing that
0: Mm.
1: in the form of sugar because uh, to survive yeah. the body is saying you need more energy to run away to survive this situation and that increases your blood glucose level as well oh, wow. and I did this experiment that I was eating very even so I put on a continuous glucose monitor it's like a insert that you just kind of put it on out of you could put in different parts of your body I put it in my arm and I was I was eating a very stable meal yeah. for seven days mm-hmm. But I would realize my glucose, I would still have spikes depending on if I was running late sending some stuff to anybody mm-hmm. or I'm like kind of looking at time between two appointments and I'm going yeah. like this plan's running late yeah. or I'm running mm-hmm. late. The little things, the little yeah. things that we experience every day, like, yeah. you know, it's no big deal. Right. But It would start showing this very severe spike and dip. Um, And that kind of gives you a good insight into how our body responds to stress. Oh, wow. So, yes, the answer is diabetes is a blood uh, sugar-related disorder, like, you know, higher blood sugar, higher glucose diets, higher sugar, glycemic foods do causes, but also stress. So, and stress can come from even lack of sleep. Yeah,
0: major, right? Major. Because that's when your body is resting. Totally.
1: Yeah. Totally. Um,
0: So is type 2 diabetes um, hereditary?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes and no. So, you know, genetics do play a role in how insulin is produced in the body and how body consumes certain things. So sensitivity to our insulin sensitivity to our cells is kind of genetic. But again, an analogy, and I know it can be a very sensitive analogy that I give, but I don't have another way to explain this, is that genes load the gun. Okay. And the environment pulls the trigger. Mm, nice. So you could be sitting with a loaded gun all your life, you could have a predisposition to it, but unless you give your body that environment, Mm -hmm. meaning your foods, how you process stress, how you prioritize self-care, how you move your body, how much exposure to toxins, when it all comes together, that's when it gets expressed as a disease. Mm. Another reason often people think of these as genetic conditions is because, you know, they think they inherited it. It's almost disempowering to say that, like it's genetic. I can't do nothing about it. So if you remember that you could have a loaded weapon sitting, but Mm -hmm. nothing will express if you can change your environment, often people, genes, as much as genes run in the family, patterns also run in the family.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: We do exactly what our parents do whether it's raising our kids, how we process stress, how we prioritize self-care, how we eat when we are stressed. It often comes from our families. So you have to break your patterns for genetic conditions not to express Um, long long answer to your short (laughs) question but (laughs) hopefully it kind of makes sense
0: Uh, we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be back after our break on 103.5 hum fm welcome houston to chai time on 103.5 hum fm we are in conversation with ruchika about diabetes and we're loving it um so what are simple ways to manage your blood sugar levels
1: let me give you the simplest way, <laughs> without having to change any food. Sure. Would you love me then? Yes. <laughs> so let me tell you that actually if you eat, and this is, these are studies and experiments done, that if you eat the ingredients of what you're going to eat in a certain order, okay. without changing anything, you could be eating your tiramisu, yeah. but if you eat it in a certain sequence in your meal, mm-hmm. you can reduce your blood glucose spike by 75%. Really? Like, so what do you mean? So you eat it first? So, no, you don't eat it first. I love my sugar. I know. So you basically start with your veggies. So you start with a bowl of salad, raw veggies, cooked veggies, but you really, really start with your veggies. Okay. And then you do your proteins and fats, and then you do your carbs and sugars last. Okay. And how, you know, in a desi meal, like, if you were going to even, let's say, eat rajma rice, which can be, like, a lot of rice, right? So eat a raw salad first. Then eat your beans and then kind of eat the beans and the rice together. Oh. So just sequencing it yeah, can amazing. change it. Oh. Change the spike completely. That's amazing. That's one. I mean, this is this is really keeping it simple. <laughs> that doesn't mean that you go off at your dessert. I mean, life. you know, but if you're going to let's say enjoy a dessert, kind of do it in the sequence right. to just have the blood sugar be better managed oh, yeah. um so this i'm just is
0: thinking even for kids because my kids love totally. love sugar now so do the we, veggies yeah, first do exactly the do
1: the, the veggies sense. first protein and fats and yeah, yeah definitely so start with your veggies first uh, the other couple of ways is that you know which is which is the true science as well, which is really keeping your glycemic index low. And what glycemic index is the impact of a food on your sugar levels. Mm -hmm. So when you consume something, how much does your blood sugar raise? The more processed the food, the more it will rise. So let's say your breasts, croissants, muffins, uh, donuts, ice creams, these are more processed foods, Mm -hmm. right? They will make your glucose go rise very quickly Uh and remember the car analogy the more rise and dips we have and the rise can feel super energetic and the dips can feel like that afternoon slump um, the more the body ages and the more closer you are getting to pre-diabetes diabetes diabetes path Um, so really keeping your glycemic index low and the couple of ways you can do is a lot of foods also today carry it'll say gi Mm -hmm. it'll say a number like that a lot of the GI index it'll say that often but the other ways is the less processed the food the lower the GI index right. um, so you know your whole foods your vegetables they'll be the lowest glycemic mm-hmm. the more processed it gets the higher it gets so under 55 is considered a low glycemic load food okay. under 55
0: but I realized like even um, eating veggies, like uh, you had told me just to saute it and the days I do it, I crave less sugar. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I yeah. guess something adjusts in your body. right? Yeah.
1: And you often crave sugar. You know, we were talking about stress. Uh, so one mechanism that stress kind of wants us to eat more is also when we are super stressed feeding ourselves with sugar becomes this one easy mm-hmm. coping mechanism and the same thing happens when you have a more balanced sugar yeah. when you have highs and lows that are a little less yeah. curvy you don't have these energy crashes mm-hmm. but when your energy crashes you want instant energy right. and sugar we translate into instant energy yeah. so veggies will keep your blood sugar very stable you will have yeah. that usual yeah. highs and uh, spikes and yeah. dips but nothing unusual so because your energy is stable you're not craving more yeah. sh- instant energy sugar rich foods um, that's that's, why. that's okay. so the more whole you eat the more unprocessed you eat naturally your sugar cravings will start diminishing one by this Mechanism, But second, also, it starts changing your gut bacteria. Mm -hmm. More whole foods change your gut bacteria. The more diverse your gut bacteria, the unhealthier the gut bacteria, the more the sugar cravings. Okay, so that's one. So your unhealthy gut pathogenic bacteria like candida, yeast, they all thrive on sugar. They want Mm -hmm. you to eat the sugar. Yeah. So people think it's lack of willpower, lack of motivation, but it's actually your gut speaking. Oh,
0: wow. That's amazing. So, So that leads us what's the best
1: diet? <laughs> you know, there are um, leaders in functional medicine, integrative medicine space who have um, followed the ketogenic diet, like Dr. Will Dr. Mark Hyman does the vegan diet, which is a mix of a paleo and a vegan kind of a diet. Then there are leaders who've done a pure vegan diet. There's Dr. Funk, who's reversed diabetes. I mean, they're, they've done different diets. So honestly, we can argue endlessly about which is the right diet. Right. Um, we could literally fight about it. <laughs> <laughs> but not. But the one thing true to all diets is they work for some people, but they don't work for others. Yeah. So instead of calling what's the best diet, which diet should I follow, I always tell people, create a food philosophy.
0: Okay.
1: And what that would be, it's a general rule of the foods you will include Okay. rather than arguing fighting this is my yeah. diet that's my diet number one your food your food should be not creating inflammation in your body yes that's your number one rule yes. right yeah. at least not creating inflammation and at most reducing inflammation mm-hmm. so it should either be anti-inflammatory but yeah. at At the least, not creating more inflammation. You can't be putting poison in your body. And
0: I was listening to something, and it said there cannot be an in-between. It's either creating inflammation or or it's not. So so you you know which it is now if you decide to make it otherwise. that's Correct.
1: And again, balance it out, right? So that's number one thing, that you can be putting poison in your body knowingly on a daily basis. Uh, Even if you did choose to, be aware and kind of do Mm -hmm. other things to counteract that use it as an antidote of uh, the poison. So number one, food should not create inflammation. Yeah. Number two, foods should bring in the nutrients, the diverse nutrients that our body needs for different biochemical processes. Okay. Our body does not have a pantry, yeah. so you have to really bring in the nutrients on a daily basis. And the more whole the diet, the more diverse the nutrients. That's mm-hmm. the second part of food philosophy. The third part is that you have to focus on the macronutrient protein. Uh, it is important for rebuilding, repairing the body. Um, you know, we have different macronutrients, carbs, fats, and proteins. Okay. We somehow manage to get the carbs through various various sources. Proteins is the one that most people lack in. Yeah. So just becoming more mindful of a good quality protein at every meal. The fourth thing that would be important in a good diet would be that you're able to digest and absorb it. Mm. What uses it to eat like a, this elaborate, amazing diet that gives you a belly bloat or you feel don't feel good after eating? Yeah. So you have to either work on your digestion or look at foods that you're able to digest and absorb nutrients out of.
0: Yeah,
1: absolutely. And last, not but the least, a diet has to be sustainable, it has to be enjoyable, it has to be pleasurable, it has to be, you should be able to afford it in the long run.
0: Absolutely.
1: So either you change your mindset or you find something that works for you in the long run, because honestly, this trying to do something for a short run as a sprint, when we are working with a lifestyle disease that's created over a long period of time, just the timeline and diabetes is like, before you get diagnosed with diabetes about 10 to 13 years before that there is insulin resistance happening about another 5 to 7 years before that there's some non alcoholic fatty liver disease happening fatty yeah. liver disease you may have heard of so these changes are happening and when you really get diagnosed with diabetes it potentially could be about a 10 to 15 year difference so so you know the diet that will work will be sustainable you'll have to make a lifestyle food change. Um, you have Lifestyle
0: to, change I think. Totally you have, to, you have yeah. to, to enjoy. And like you said mindset and I remember when I came to you I was like oh yeah like you know there's these things in India where they have the special places and they're like uh, put you on a separate diet and you get better and things like that and you had told me it's like it has to be sustainable mm-hmm. so you come back and you're back in the same routine and if you're not eating the right foods when you're here what does it matter right? Absolutely. So you have to adjust to where you are and
1: totally I agree with that because you know people move away and and sometimes those retreats are a great idea because again you know when you're there to get a reset I think it's a great idea but if you can pick up the practices and bring them and convert them into practices in your real life only then it's a point because that reset will only do you good for a short period of time um so yeah you should be able to translate into action in your real Mm -hmm. life that's not going away
0: (laughs) um what are some natural holistic approaches do you recommend for preventive diabetes, especially type 2, especially if you're already
1: pre diabetic? So if you're already pre-diabetic, I think the number one thing would be to keep a very careful watch on your hemoglobin A1c and your fasting insulin. Okay. Like track it, do not think of it as a, diabetes is not a moment in time, and I know I'm repeating it again, it's not like a broken bone, it didn't exist yesterday and it exists today, it's not like that, it's building over a period of time. Pre-diabetes is a stage of diabetes. So. If the numbers are, if I'm, what I'm saying is accurate in terms of statistics, you know, it's kind of estimated to be a 45% diagnosis of prediabetes right now, yeah. so which is yeah. almost close to, you know, half the population. Um, you want to monitor your hemoglobin A1c, your fasting glucose, as well as your fasting insulin. On a regular basis, yeah. like no, no, running away from that. Um, the other thing which I think everybody could benefit from is getting a continuous glucose monitor. So request your doctor to get your continuous glucose monitor. There are out of insurance uh, plans as well. So if your doctor doesn't completely agree with it, uh, find a doctor that believes yeah. in lifestyle changes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because you know you yeah. can have just a medicine approach to a lifestyle disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, So, But, you know, you can really, there are off-the-shelf different continuous glucose monitors. And what a continuous glucose monitor is, continuously monitors your glucose level. How you respond to certain foods, how you respond to stress. Um, And the beauty of it is you can truly create a personalized nutrition plan. Because if you came to a nutritionist or you came to a functional practitioner like me and you said, create me a plan, maybe I will go low on certain rice types or maybe certain different processed foods, mm-hmm. but maybe you respond okay to it. Yeah. yeah, So you can really create a personalized nutrition plan for yourself. That Those are the two top ones. I mean, apart from that is uh, very simple things, obviously manage your glycemic index. We spoke about it, try and eat more yeah. whole, real foods, yeah. eat in the sequence that we spoke about, um, including certain supplements like magnesium, berber- berberine, chromium are known to improve insulin sensitivity and better manage blood sugar in the body. You could speak to your practitioner, learn more yeah. about it, how to include those. Now, obviously, I'm not suggesting yeah. you just go buy it off the shelf right now, but yeah. but but just know that options exist. Uh, um, there are a lot of essential oils that can work in helping you manage blood sugar levels. That's mm-hmm. another thing. Walking after all your meals. If you can utilize the extra glucose, the sugars that is in the body, by the way of walking because yeah. muscles, your quads, which is your largest muscles in the body, utilize glucose, um, you will also have a more stable blood sugar response. Mm. That's like another simple one. So. Yeah. Again, you know, going back to the food and the stress, but in addition, movement. Um, and, you yeah. know, 5-10 minutes of movement after um, a meal. People, I have had clients who wear a continuous glucose monitor, and they've seen a 50-point decrease in their glucose levels uh, just by sheer walking for 10 oh, minutes. Really.
0: That's why I guess our parents always say oh, like, walk after, after dinner. Meal, um, right?
1: After dinner, yeah. right? Don't just sit down. Yeah, they do don't, don't just mind. sit down. Just don't finish your meal and go... Yeah, plunk well, yourself then. on a couch yeah you so yeah eat three to four hours earlier than bedtime and when i say eat i don't mean your dinner i mean your last bite <laughs> <laughs> because i started clarifying that because after <laughs> dinner there are a few more last bites right
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, so what are, what about the common medications for diabetes and how effective are they
1: so of course, you know, there's time and place for medication. Um, as I said, this is a lifestyle disorder. We need to address it by changing the lifestyle. Uh, what the medication do? The most common medication, typically metformin-type medication that most people are on. What it typically does is that we were speaking of the suitcase analogy, right? Trying to stuff that last T-shirt in. Yeah. It's basically trying to get glucose into a already crammed cell. Yeah, there is no place. Right. So what it starts doing is it starts hiding glucose another place. So it's like instead of cleaning your room, mm. instead of putting the trash away, you put it on, under your bed. Um, and then when the bed, under the bed gets full, then you put it inside the closet. And then after that, you put it in another corner. Yeah. You haven't addressed the problem, right? right? That trash is going to rot and become a breeding ground for pathogens, bacteria. Mm. Uh, similarly, you are not most medications are not removing the glucose yeah they are just trying to shove it somewhere yeah there is no beyond the point there is no somewhere in the body Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's kind of you have to address the lifestyle Uh, it is a lifestyle created disorder you have to you have to bring in the lifestyle component to it and the other downside is that Long term, which I would like everyone to know, especially if you're on drugs like metformin, those do deplete certain nutrients from your body, uh, specifically vitamin B12. Mm -hmm. And people take it endlessly for years together without realizing it. You know, there's neuropathy happening, there's lower moods happening, constant fatigue happening. Constant fatigue, they want to eat more. They want to eat more, there's more glucose. Mm -hmm. So you never get out of that viciousness. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll also talk about the trendier drug, Zempic. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Everyone's everyone's interested in it these days. So again, you know, despite the trendiness, you have to understand there are side effects to it. Um, You really need to work Mm -hmm. very closely with a practitioner. But again, unless you change your lifestyle, those drugs are not going to... Prove magical. Short term, maybe, they can help you overcome that initial challenge of making a shift. But eventually, you have to bring in your lifestyle component. Uh, How you eat, how you move your body, how you prioritize sleep, Mm -hmm. how you relax on a daily basis. How you manage stress. How you manage stress. And stress you can't remove, but you just have to have small daily... I always say uh, manage stress or prioritize relaxation as often as you brush your teeth so which is hopefully twice a day <laughs> at least once a day <laughs> at least once a day so whether it's journaling taking a break in nature deep breathing doing some yoga stretching pranayam whatever that might mean for you yeah. It could just be even taking out some essential oils and doing a little bit of aromatherapy for yourself. Yeah. Anything that helps you move from a sympathetic dominant state, that fight or flight mode into a parasympathetic state is going to be helpful. Yes, absolutely. It just regulates your nervous system and that's what is needed. Yeah. It's not It's not complicated. You don't have to sit like a sage on a mountaintop. In, yeah. <laughs> it, it's not happening.
0: Right.
1: None of us are going to achieve that. I don't know if anyone here is achieving that. <laughs> but the fact is that that's not the but, aim. Yeah, and that,
0: and then you don't have time for it. Yeah. You know, you like you think in your... Your head you have to sit like that but like you said while you're driving like two minutes of deep breathing because yeah. if there are times you're just getting from one place to another on an auto mode you don't even know how you got there you absolutely know? so like Absolutely. You said you
1: so i think prior So very two simple takeaways would be a lower glycemic load diet yeah. just managing that um and finding ways to switch between of the fight or flight and getting into a more parasympathetic state, which is your rest and digest. Don't get me wrong, stress is a good thing. Yeah. You know, it gets us to places in time, it gets us to perform, it gets us yeah. to get work done, basically. None of us would reach anywhere in time if we weren't <laughs> stressed. Uh, so it's a good thing. Yeah. But being constantly in that driven state in that fight or flight mode does not serve us. Yes, absolutely. Would you
0: like to share anything else with us? I can't believe we're at the end of the show.
1: I know know you always ask me for a quote at the end of it, right? So I'm going to share one of my favorite quotes, uh, which I think is very appropriate in the conversation that we are having today, is that the best time to dig a well is not when you're thirsty. That is so true. I love it. So, so, you know, just put that, um, the best time to take care of your health was yesterday. The yeah. second best time is now. No matter where you are in your journey, everything that I'm sharing with you today, I can tell you 9 out of 10 people will be impacted with, in one way or the other by irregularities in blood sugar, whether it's um, another sort of metabolic dysfunction, meaning hypertension, higher uh, cholesterol levels, higher waist circumference, or higher blood sugar levels. That the statistics are right now only four percent of people in the United States do not have any of these four markers out of range. Oh, wow, that's that number is- so it's 96 point some percent that are yeah, have one of these out of range. Yeah. So, whoever you are, wherever you're listening from, definitely do something with the information we've shared. Um, lower glycemic foods, walk after your meals find a sustainable diet, and then last, not but the least, find tools to help you relax on a daily basis. Yes.
0: Thank you so much, Ruchika. Thank you so much for your time. I know it's been a busy week for you, so we really appreciate it. And thank you, our listeners, for joining us on 103.5 Hum FM, and we'll see you next uh, next Monday, same time, same place. Oh, bye